Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hi all, welcome to another podcast at Indes Property Australia. I'm here with a special guest speaker, Rob Maxwell from Melbourne, one of our regular speakers. And uh, welcome today, Rob. Thanks, Ben. Happy to be here. Let's talk about the uh, critical, important matter of land supply and land contracts and build contracts in the marketplace in Victoria. What's uh, what's What's the feedback you're getting from your your connections down there? Okay, as we, in our previous podcast, we talked about how land was very difficult to get. There was a lot more demand versus supply and the the timeframes for titling were quite often six to 12 months to, if not longer. Uh, The latest trend on top of that, because of the fact that land is so in such shortage and there are still plenty of buyers... The trend now is that most developers that are selling the land are now uh, making the contracts unconditional. So what that means is you can't cannot uh, make it subject to finance for for the land contract. So let's talk about how the normal process works around Australia first before we go jump to this extreme scenario. So normally a an investor, and I'm sure a lot of investors in the past will realise this. You submit an EOI to the land agent. Uh, that EOI is also provided to the builder. And within maybe a week or a few days, you get the land contract and the build contract issued to the investor to purchase, in which case they would sign the contracts subject to finance and they would take probably another few more weeks for the client, the investor, to go to their broker or lender and get pre-approved finance. And most of the time, there might be a delay of that process happening, so they'll request an extension of uh, of finance approval, about two weeks. And then once the lender approves, then they contact their lawyer, who then contacts the land vendor and the builders, who say their finance approved and they were unconditional, in which case they would then pay a deposit for the land contract and the build contracts. So that's the normal process, right, Rob? Correct. That's what traditionally it's been. For most, so now, so now it's now. What is it now again? Do you want to reha- rehash those that process again now? The new okay. now now all new land contracts for development sites and estates are being done on a uh, you know, non non conditional basis. So therefore, you can't put that clause in there subject to finance. So you have to provide the deposit on signing. The contract that might be five percent in some cases it's ten. Uh, you also may have to provide an expression of interest fee of up to two thousand dollars to even get the contract sent to you, uh, because the developers want these blocks sold and settled as quickly as possible, and they don't want to have to reissue them to uh, new clients if the previous buyer's finance fell over. 
So what, what it means is that clients, in order to enter into a land sale agreement, they're going to have to be very confident that they will be able to secure finance if they need to, or they may have to um, do the research and talk to their brokers or, or talk to your company about the likelihood of them getting finance, and then they make that decision to sign the land contract based on the knowledge that they will get the finance. It also yeah. shortens the process. Agreed. The biggest the biggest delays in the past few, year or two years has been land developers waiting for clients to get their finance approved, which delays the contracts being issued, um, so, so executed, sorry, and they want the deals happening as quickly as possible. They don't want to waste time waiting, waiting for lawyers to get back to them, waiting for them to sign, waiting for the finance to be approved. They don't want all those delays, and hence the reason why they're saying now, cough up the money and sign right now and move move ahead. No, no more time wasting. Correct. And what, what's also happening, there's, there's two types of uh, land that you may come across, and we're looking at it as well, is that the resales from investors or buyers that may have bought a block of land a year ago and it was, let's say, 18 months away from titling, they did that on an unconditional basis. Some of them now are realising they can't get the finance, therefore they have to resell the block. But in order to do that, they want the full 10% deposit on the land up front and also the on-sale contract has to be unconditional as well. So hence why there's no flexibility for resales either. This is a very uh, interesting time in the, moment in the property market, isn't it, Rob? With interest rates going up, lending being harder with causes of the higher, higher cost of borrowing, uh, the limited number of land available, the concern of builders falling over, and them being very strict with their um, their, their cash flow, obviously. Uh, also, in a rising market or possibly even a falling market, declining market. So all these factors are all coming to play at the same time. And it's becoming very challenging, if not difficult, for a investor to juggle all these factors all at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, correct. So we're going through a cycle. This has happened before. Over the last 20 or 30 years, there have been instances before where these were the conditions, and then they change. Depending on what happens to the market, we may go back to having uh, subject to finance put into these contract clauses, but right now, we don't. And the next trend which you touched on builders, uh, and obviously they're having to look at their financial situation and shore up to make sure that their cash flow um, secure and positive, is that some builders are now also going down the same path that the actual build contract is unconditional as well. And one of our builders that we're dealing with with the NDIS has, has let us know that this is the case. Uh, so again... Uh, there's no ability to put subject to finance in those build contracts. There will be other builders out there that will still do it. Uh, it's just a, a personal judgment from that builder in terms of their their risk profile as to to whether they'll they'll um, accept the potential for that one to two month delay for finance to be approved. Mm. It seems like on the news every single night somewhere in Australia on some channel, there's always talk about increasing construction costs. Um, I read an article this morning, I think it was the Guardian News or the Thin Review, it was saying that the supply chain, one quarter or one third of all the cargo ships in the world are just sitting around or going through the Chinese um, ports. 
And because timber is a very critical part of the construction process, the the lag time is 45 weeks for timber coming out of China to go as an export to Australia. And the supply chain issue is 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 the is the be all and end all of builders here, isn't it, Rob? It is. And in my meeting the other day with the builder, he was using this as one reason why they can't accept subject to finance clauses anymore. That he he has been made aware that concrete uh, costs of concrete is about to go up another fifteen percent over the next month mm-hmm. or two, from even where it is now, and it's it's already gone up thirty to fifty percent in the last six mm-hmm. to twelve months. Uh, and the other problem we've got in Melbourne, and this will be the same Australia-wide, and again, this is an example of where we are in the cycle, is that governments are starting to spend a lot of money on infrastructure projects. So in Melbourne, think of the tunnel that's being built, the Westgate Tunnel, and also there's the mm. the, the big tunnel and, and the train uh, system that's being built throughout the city and the, the eastern and northern suburbs. What that means is that the concrete's in huge demand from big players like these government um, infrastructure projects. So therefore, the smaller builders that we're all dealing with are finding it hard to get a hold of that concrete or, if they can, they're having to pay a higher price because the demand is so huge. So exactly. it's, it's just a um, yeah, perfect storm of uh, cost yeah. increases. Yeah. And it costs are not going to be Not in the short term, probably... Uh, I have a thesis that they may settle in about six to 12 months' time, but generally house prices and the cost of building a home don't go down, do they? They just tend to pause. <laughs> go down? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen. So there, no, oh yeah, no. your investors have to be very confident that their financial situation is strong, that they will get finance, uh, and then they can enter into these these contracts with with confidence, and they'll still do very well out of it in the long run. Just sort of get more hurdles to uh, get across. Just for the benefit of our our listeners, I mean, I'm sure most people know, but I, I want to reiterate it again. When you apply for finance with a bank for a home loan, that only lasts 90 days. Okay, so if you have a block of land which is going to be six to 12 months away. The only way to maintain your secure position is to reapply finance every three months. So re-app, more applications every three months, more valuations every three months. You keep on going and going and going until you get to um, land titles in which you need to have your finance in place, construction loan in place for your construction of the house, no matter what house it is, be it an apartment, a house, or an SDA house, or whatever. So when... Someone says, why can't I have a finance clause? Well, the reason being is the titles are so long, so far away that even if you did have a finance clause, it's, it's going to be a moot point because it expires in three months anyway. So that's the primary reason why so many off-the-plan hassle and packages are so much, so often uh, no finance clause associated with it. Correct. Yeah, you can only, uh, banks only going to lend based on the circumstances at the particular time that they make the decision to lend the money, not 12 months mm-hmm. before because things can change as we know. Mm. So the only risk there is the market, the market risk of interest rates, and also the lending lending procedures of the, the banks, lending policies, and also the security of your job. I mean, if you lose your job, then that will affect your home loan application, obviously. Correct. So, 
what advice do you have for our listeners, Rob, given that these challenging times with regards to uh, land developers and builders having these uh, tough um, conditions? Well, I think the, the overall result of this will be we may have a bit of a pause in the property market because of interest rates now, but essentially over the next couple of years, it's actually going to lead to prices increasing even further because it's getting harder to get uh, loans. Um, the demand's still there, um, but clients, once they've made the decision to invest in an investment property, whether it's an uh, NDIS property or a normal one, what this tells you is that you just have to do your research first and make sure that your financial situation is strong enough if you need a loan, that you know you'll be able to get it. You also need to be confident, as you mentioned, that uh, you know, you're going to be able to hold a job and there's no no risk of you losing your job in the next 12 to 18 months as well. So let's, so it's just let's more, cover more research, more yes. preparation. Now, understood. Now, let's, let's talk, a little, talk about the what-ifs, Rob. What if one loses his job? So let's say you put a deposit down of 10% on the May contract, uh, 5% on the build, unconditional, unconditional, and it's 12 months from titles. And 11 months from now, you lose your job. What are the implications of that moment happening at that time? What, what, is, what, what is possible as an outcome here? Well, the worst case scenario is that the bank won't approve the funding that you thought you were going to be able to, to get. Correct. In which case, you're potentially forfeiting the deposit you paid, the 10% yes. or the, the 5 In terms of the, the land contract, you could look to then resell it before you're settling yourself to potentially recoup at least the, the 10% deposit, and hence why resellers are looking for a 10% deposit paid to them. Now, the one shining light of that, over the last 12 months, land prices have gone up significantly. So anyone who is in this position now probably will be able to get out of it in a reasonable position. The issue will be if land goes down over the next 12 months in value. Yeah, so I want to emphasize what you just said there. If the price of a block goes from 350000 today up to 450000 in 12 months' time, I think common sense and, and our experience has been the land developer is more than happy to release them from the research, yep. In order for them to sell it for an extra hundred grand more. Now, whether they refund the money or not, it's another thing, because it's up to um, the circumstances of the situation. If you went to a developer and said, "Oh, I've changed my mind. I want out," they'll just say, "Well, we're taking your ten percent deposit, and you've lost it." If you say, "I've lost my job. I've lost my wife's lost her job. We're we're broke. We have no money. We can't sell it." Then, in those circumstances, maybe the vendor may release you from your contract and give you a refund. But you know, as you said, Rob, you know, land developers are all about making money, and they they can sell for a higher profit themselves. There's all, there's always going to be fallover contracts all the time in any development, in any project. Yep. And when they when so they, they do a in a in a rising market, they're happy to take it back off the off back the market at a higher price. It's only as you said when the, the when the market's going down, they're gonna the developer or the vendor is going to protect their, their backside to take the money and and, and probably possibly even sue uh, the purchaser for the full amount. That, that can happen, but it, it rarely happens. Correct. So you just have to be aware of all those possibilities going forward, that there are risks involved with, with any 
investment decision, even even property. The biggest advice we ever hear from moving forwards is do your homework and, and do your pre-approval. At least with the pre-approval, you'd know that this lender of yours is is willing to lend you in the next three months. And that's all you can do, get a pre-approval. And it's a, it's a small it's a small benefit to know that you're okay, but it's better than nothing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so with regards to moving forwards, anyone who wants to look at uh, any SDA property investment with NDIS, they, they should have that, that money up front, their 5% and 10% deposits with land and build contracts, the EOI forms, the EOI deposits, and also their SDA certification fee, which the builders normally charge. Some I might charge as well. That, that adds up to well, about, you were saying, Rob? Yeah, that could be one hundred and twenty to one hundred and twenty-five thousand on a on an eight hundred thousand. No, 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 no. I, I, I think okay. that's seven, seventy to eighty grand, somewhere in there. Because a ten percent of a block of land is forty k, five percent in a build yep. price is going to be twenty k there. Yeah, you know, you're all sixty to seventy. Yeah, it's, it's about seventy grand, give or take a few thousand bucks. So that's that's what you're you're putting down, and that's payable on signing contract. So EOI contracts issued. Sign contract, pay towards it immediately. You're correct. So that is the trend, I guess. Rob, any more to add with regards to land and, and build contracts and, and the way the market's going in, in Melbourne specifically? No, just that we'll obviously uh, monitor it and we're constantly talking to the builders and the land developers and if any, anything changes or we have any improvements or see any opportunities for your investors, we'll we'll get on a po- podcast and uh, let you all know. Mm. I think the only way around this these these challenging situations, Rob, is if is if a buyer sources their own land, and the terms conditions of that land sale is the norm. Don't you agree? Yeah, that's definitely one opportunity. Even even better if you've already got a block of land and you've negotiated the deal a year ago, and you're, you're yeah. now looking at options for build. Mm. Okay. Well, Rob, thanks for your time. We're going to get Aaron from our team to modify and edit this podcast and put it up and running in the next week or so. But uh, we look forward to coming down to Melbourne again in the next few weeks, uh, probably in three weeks' time, I think, to catch up with our first uh, built manufactured house in, in Mamboran. And um, we'll we'll take any inquiries uh, from our listeners about their finance situation to give them some some general generic general advice sorry general advice um we don't do finance ourselves as a business but we do we do see the the coming and goings of client applications and which lenders and which brokers to use so we're happy to refer them on to our people but um yeah i think we've pretty much covered that for now thanks rob all right thanks Ben. bye everybody bye-bye we hope you enjoyed this episode please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and just share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.